on Wednesday, we did a segment on a somewhat fictional event that happened with a heel recently, right? And I guess Chris Jericho is listening to the podcast. I'm not surprised because later on in the day, he decided to go ahead and basically do exactly what we were talking about. And that's get real fucking heat on TV by talking about things that he might not should have talked about. It's not the exact same as what we were talking about on Wednesday, but it's close enough for us to want to talk about it. And I have some of the same feelings, but I have some notes on it, right? He had to get that shit cleared. Like, am I wrong? Because he has a good relationship with most of those people in the ring, if not every single one of them. And for him to come out swinging like that, you gotta think there was a conversation beforehand. I don't think that any of this was near as bad as the thing that we talked about the other day. Like, truthfully, like, when it is one-on-one between performers, I don't have a problem with you going to the end of the earth. As long as you know what you're doing and you know that it's going to get you over. I don't have an issue with this. This seems closer to Bully Ray in 99. You know what I mean? This is closer to what we we want if we're talking about real heat. The thing we talked about last week was an interaction between someone who's not a wrestling fan and a wrestler. I don't think this is the same thing. I don't think that the digs were necessarily something that I was super happy about. But like at the same time, I don't really mind this near as much. Like I'm not going to go light up the pitchforks and go uh, down the street for it. You know what I mean? This ain't so bad. Well, to me, this is on the same level of, you know, being called a cunt. And I guess it's not as taboo after getting a lot of feedback from people on that whole segment the other day. You know, I was kind of like, okay, these are very much low blows, low hanging fruit. And we got something really interesting to talk about out of this whole situation but other than that i don't know where we're at with this chris jericho whole situation you this know is, this it was is... started off really really good and i thought there's a lot of potential but now he's taking us down this road where it's just the same thing we did with the inner circle and he even tried to you know suggest that we do a stadium stampede match again and thank fucking god moxley shut it down i don't know if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing the only person he's getting over for me is the dude from 2.0 i'd like to put this out there that i said this three weeks ago i said that he was doing the same thing over and over again maybe it was two weeks ago maybe it was one week ago but i had this same take it's the same thing same time every time it's always the same it never goes any different he does the same shit he's doing the same shit he did with Paige van zant it's the same thing That's Chris Jericho. It's always been Chris Jericho. Why do you expect something different? Well, then I have a solution to this. I need to propose that we get him the fuck off of TV. And there's another person that does this for me, Taz, but in a smaller role. But we're finding ourselves on the smaller AEW shows where we have our Chris Jericho and we have our Taz who are integral part of storylines on the actual television show, then doing commentary. And I'm not saying either of them are bad commentators. I actually think they are some of the better commentators that AEW has. I don't think he's bad enough to where you can kick him off of TV. No, 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 no. I'm not saying we kick him off TV. I also don't think that someone that's loyal to your company like Chris Jericho has been for three and a half years is someone that you can just say, hey, you know, like, not a real big fan of that. Maybe it's time you sit down and do some commentary. Well, he's already doing the commentary, so maybe it's time that we take him out of these storylines, and that gives him the ability to go off tour with Fozzie, do his fucking rock and roll he's superstar thing. He's going to do that anyway. When he, he wants to wrestle, he wants to wrestle, though. Who's going to tell him? And you can't... I'm not saying you have to prevent him from wrestling forever. There can be a situation in which he, you know, gets in a heated argument with a 
talent, right? And that they're implying he can't go anymore when he's soft. And then he steps in and has his fucking moment to shine, just like the Hulkster or someone like that. Wait someone who needs that serotonin and boost in their life. So you're but, proposing that he retires and come back like Mick Foley. If he wants to, but I think we are at this point where he's only trying to get himself over and not really well, amplifying right. the people oh, around wait him. Wait a minute now. I don't want to go that far. He's getting some people over. He's just not getting everybody over. And it's not his fault that he is a rock as attached to his leg in Jake Hager. That's not his fault. You can't blame him for that. Jake Hager just stinks. I think that some of these people are arguably better off on their own in stables if you want to keep them in stables. Like if you would have taken the inner circle and had all of those members besides Chris Jericho, like if you had Sammy running They're the league. All, they all have had different shit that they've done on their own, though. Every one of them. Every one of them have gotten over outside of the inner circle, except for Jake Hager. Not with the Jericho Appreciation Society so Yet. far, though. Yet. And I disagree with that one, too, because I think this has pushed 2.0 to a whole new level. I don't... Everybody knew who they were. Oh, they everybody were knew great. who they were, but now Daddy Magic is a household name. Uh, is it, it maybe not in your household but in everybody else's household when he comes out you know what everybody says oh daddy magic's here i really don't think so i just think everybody tries to sing judas they get upset that they can't and then they go the oh gimmick. it's chris jericho that's the gimmick he's a heel now it's fun fun it, for some people is is a heel supposed to be fun i don't know it's what he's doing i think it's fun i like that so you're saying though you're cool with the you comments he made gfy will gfy that did not work someone else tried to coin something later on in the night that was like along the same fucking lines where they're like go fuck yourself and get they out just of here said that i'm I, pretty sure it was john moxley and he just said go fuck yourself he didn't say gfy no, well, no that happened that same night i'm saying last night on or on dynamite this week there was someone specifically i think it was jeff hardy right before his match he said something along the lines where it was like a clever little hey get the fuck out thing and i was like oh come on jeff Really? That's what we're doing right now? You're just the, the, always got to bring Jeff into the fire. Like, Jeff's just sitting over on the sideline. You're like, hey, come here. Let me just push you into this fire. I guess so, man. You know, <laughs> Poor Jeff. He wouldn't even do nothing. Can we circle back to William Regal, though? Because it needs to be addressed. What's this thing with sticking shit up his ass? <laughs> I just like, so it's not so much that he's sticking things in his ass that confuses me. The thing that confuses me is that he's sticking things in his ass to prank his friends. Like, he has this thin veil over his face. Like, I don't like sticking things in my ass. I only do it to prank you. That oh. makes no fucking sense. Like, and it's not just once. He's a serial toothbrush sticker upper asser. Now, if he likes things in his ass, if he likes ass play, that's all fine and dandy. I'm cool with that. My question is, there are so many different things in the world you could do to prank someone. However, your, like, weapon of choice is just sticking stuff up your ass just more specifically toothbrushes that they have to put in their mouth that just sounds uncomfortable like you know <laughs> i get the sticking your hand up your ass after a sweaty day and offering someone a chocolate covered pretzel that you know it makes sense to me and it almost does Pause. the exact same thing tell me if you got that reference go ahead and tweet us thank you bye all right yeah definitely it's a classic but i anyway. need to make sure that we got in there so we can get some traction on twitter and if you get that reference we're here for you or maybe i was just trying to send out subliminal messages and let the fans know that i do have good taste in movies even though you tried to roast me the other fucking day eh, it's average as far as kevin smith goes that's like a you know bottom three what do you mean that's bottom three kevin smith movies what would you consider your top three uh um, well i don't think this is necessarily a popular opinion 
But Chasing Amy is my favorite Kevin Smith movie by far. Okay, so don't sit here and judge oh, it's me on Kevin Smith. It, but he films. wrote the best movie he could write in Chasing Amy. Like, it's original. There's nothing else like it. Clerks? Clerks is far better than Mallrats. I think Clerks has its charm, and it's a phenomenal movie, and I do consider that a top three. I think Clerks 2 is better, though. What about Jersey Boy? Eh? I also, I'm going to throw in a wild card that not a lot of people talk about, but I'm a big fan of Red State. I think that's a really mm -hmm. good fucking movie. Uh, Kevin Smith's made a little bit of bangers, huh? Kevin Smith is notorious for bangers. Oh, shit, shit, shit. Dogma is yeah, another great movie. one. Good movie. So You know the story about Dogma and Kevin Smith? Hit me. So he was they were protesting the movie outside this theater down the street from his house, right? And he heard that they were protesting Dogma outside this theater. So he goes undercover to this protest and just joins the protest. And no one knows it's Kevin Smith. And he sits there all night protesting against this movie with these people. That's just how he did it. Hey, man, <laughs> I said it the other day. Any publicity is good publicity. I wish I had a way to wrap this back into William Regal's Regal. asshole. But <laughs> I don't back think... into William Regal's asshole. Well, okay, back to ass <laughs> Here we go. So let me ask you, have you ever tried to prank your friends by sticking things in your bum? No, that's definitely not my first choice. Now, I'm uh, of the firm opinion, like, if you're going to prank, you're going to have to go over the top. Because, you know, sticking a whoopee cushion or doing something small. What do you think, like whipped point? cream to the face? Pow. No, I really like to fuck with people. Small oh, I, when you said fuck, I thought you were going to stop there. I was like, whoa, Will. So I, I really like to fuck people. I remember back when I worked at the call center, right? There were a couple mannequins that we had to get rid of. And you so, stuck the mannequin's hand up your ass. No. I, uh, <laughs> what I did, I was, it was like a group of friends, right? And so his girlfriend was even in on it. They were like starting to date at the time. What we did is we had her get his keys so she could go in the car or something. And in the trunk, we just kind of positioned like an arm and like another body part to where you could kind of see him, but they were covered up and they weren't going to shake around in the trunk at a later time to, you know, hopefully one day scare the living shit out of him. It's a long play. It's not did like it we went in there and we were like, hey, wow, man. man, you went for the long play. Oh, yeah. You're into novels. I would also do things where like he would leave the room. And he would close his laptop, very and I would open people. the laptop. Oh, you put dicks as a background? No, no, just open the laptop. Little, little small things to just have him questioning his sanity. So this happens in New Girl all the time. Winston doesn't know how to prank. He pranks too small. Like he'll put like a feather in your hat, and he'll be like, "You'll be like, where'd this feather come from?" And he'll be like, "Prank ya." Well, That's you. It's like, let me just crack his laptop a little bit. Well, so that guy sucks. What I did instead, <laughs> I had an entire group of people who were in on it, and we basically kind of gaslit this dude. But it was like a team-building exercise. Our oh, pranks my, are different, bro. My campus manager, you know, the facilities manager, and, like, her assistant, the guy's girlfriend, this other guy we were friends with, his best friend, all of us together just used our powers to gaslight this man, kind of, huh. in, like, a friendly... Uh, friendly gaslighting? Yeah, friendly gaslighting. Jesus Christ. Our pranks are so different. We just put peanut butter inside people's nostrils when they fell asleep and like whipped cream in their hand and then tickle their face. Pow, whipped cream face. See, and those are just so played out at this point. I like so you myself think, in the I long know, game. If they're played out and the long game's the long game, it takes too long, maybe the best option is to take a toothbrush, wipe your ass with it, and stick it back in their toiletry bag. I, I like the word toiletry, by the way. That's the one thing I got out of this that I really enjoy. 
I've never heard that word. I must say, though, we have presented a couple different options here for pranks, and none of them involve asplay. Now, good on you, William Regal, for not only being proud of it, but having that as your weapon of choice. I'm I, not going to be upset with that. I actually It was just, just thought, kind of strange. I thought of a really famous prank that actually does involve asplay. Do you remember the, uh, the impossible sit-up? No. So you got your friend, and you put, like, a, like a, you know those small kitchen rags? over their eyes and you like hold them de- hold them down there like basically on their back and you have that over their eyes so they can't see and you're like all right do a sit up so as they're doing a sit up you have your friend come over there and drop his pants and put his ass in their face and then you let go of the towel boom nose the ass that's horrible okay yeah. so you do like a little bit of ass I didn't your I didn't do the impossible I sit think up. You I did. just saw it a lot actually I saw William Regal do it one time oh of course you saw William Regal so we talked about Chris Jericho getting those things cleared do you think that William Regal <laughs> went up to Tony Khan and he was like so I'm going to talk about my asshole for about two <laughs> minutes on live television I think, is I that think okay that's the funniest part of this whole story is like the idea that William Regal has to be like listen Chris I'm going to talk about putting your toothbrush in my butt tonight and you're going to listen, and you're going to be very upset. He's like, hey, man, if I can attack your sobriety and lack thereof, you can talk about your asshole all I'm going to talk about my butt and your toothbrush, and then I'm going to talk about my butt and Daniel Garcia's toothbrush. And everybody's toothbrush is involved with my butt. No, on some real shit, though, uh, we love you, William Regal. Just keep on being you, but I swear to God, if I don't hear you scream and curdle blood and guts sooner rather than later, I'm going to be real fucking upset. I am just going to be so disappointed in life. We have an opportunity. We haven't pulled the trigger on blood and guts yet. Here is our fucking chance. You have William Regal himself to even make the announcement. War match. No, no, no. You ruined it. Let's talk about Samoa Joe and then get off the AEW train for the day. A lot of people are pissed. They got the Johnny. But not the Johnny that they wanted. <laughs> God, you specified. They got the Johnny by itself is a whole different conversation. AEW was even fucking confused. They uh, tagged Johnny Gargano in the uh, Johnny Elite video, right? <laughs> of they did. Now, maybe it was some foreshadowing. Maybe Johnny Gargano will one day be all elite. However, I'm not upset at this at all because it really was a swerve. And, dude, I fucking... I didn't know what to expect. I was in the middle of something when Dynamite started, so I had like put on, uh, I think it was Big Bang Theory or whatever was on before. Who's your favorite character? I do not watch that show. I just (laughs) wanted to have the crossover so when I did, uh, when the show did come on, I could stop what I was doing, but I was like cleaning out my drawers and folding clothes. So you couldn't have just named a character? I don't know any. (laughs) None? No, because I don't watch that fucking show. Christ. Yeah, you're over here criticizing my taste in movies. It's been on for fucking 20 years. That doesn't make it a good show. I've watched a season of it. I rented it from the library. I wouldn't say I've seen all the episodes, but I know the characters. Do you have to finish it now? No, it's all right. Exactly. It's a here and sitcoms don't, you don't need to binge all the way through sitcoms. That's not what they're about. You don't need to watch every episode. We've been here before and and we'll be here again because I know you and your short term memory. I have this situation in which I don't really watch TV or movies. Like, I'm still trying to fucking take down the last season of Ozark and probably a whole other mess of really old television and movies. Like, well, now I, you have to watch all the Mayans. Because dude, I just it. watched Uncut Gems for the first time like a uh, week ago. Jams. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I also watched Dolomite is my name, which is another fucking thing. What did you think of Uncut Gems? Nobody cares about Dolomite. That's like six years old. That movie is really fucking good. Well, yeah, watch it's good, but it's too old. It's the you same. can't talk about that. And not Dolomite talk- is my name? Yeah, it's like six years old. It came out the exact same time that Uncut Gems did. No, it didn't. It did. My ass. It did. William Regal's ass. 
<laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so let's side panel this, I guess, and maybe segue into the movie. No, no, no. No, we want to talk about Johnny, jo- okay. Johnny Elite here. Well, then let's talk about Uncut Gems real quick, and then we'll get to Johnny All Elite. right, give me a review of Uncut Gems. It was everything I needed. I really like to be completely invested in a movie, and from the word go, I was completely invested in that movie. It's a movie. thrill ride. It was hilarious. I'm on a really weird sleep schedule anyway, but my wife tends to go to bed a little bit earlier than me. But we found ourselves at like 2.30 in the morning. I put that movie on thinking she wouldn't give a shit. 10 minutes in turned into it's 4.30 now. And we're like, what the fuck? We can't finish this movie. movie. Like, We need to finish it. I watched it it opening uh, first day it dropped on Netflix. I, Dude. Classic. Yeah, It really was a great movie, but a great match was Samoa Joe versus Johnny Elite. So I, I have a reservation about this match. Like it's not that it wasn't good. This is my style of wrestling, but there was a lot of like comical things in this match, like things that you don't usually see in wrestling matches that I don't know if maybe I'm just a noob or don't really understand. Like the botch 450, he landed about a foot from Samoa Joe and just like leaned into him, and then they like played it into the set, so it was like. Wow, that was kind of a good mishap that they worked in. It's like, oh, if he'd have been a foot closer, that might have worked, but he's nervous, and you know what I mean? So that works out. And then we have this, like, slap boxing thing that Samoa Joe does, which visually might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, I want to clip it and put, like, some silly music behind it, like the SpongeBob music or something, and it's just like, ha you know, when they're doing karate? Because it just doesn't visually make any sense. Like, you would think if someone's just slapping you one hand at a time, that eventually you'd be like, all right, enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, enough is enough. Like, you just slapped me three times. I'm going to let you do it three more times? Probably not. We watched a couple different things at play, right? Because you said it. You know, Johnny Elite had some mishaps. And it's going to happen. Now, do you want it to happen on your opening showing in All Elite? He's a consummate pro, though. Like, it didn't make him look worse. Well, no, that's what I was going to say. Because 90% of wrestling is reacting. And that's exactly what he did. He fell a little bit short. Instead of having it be like a botched move, right? He actually did everything. He reacted to it and made it look great. And that you saw throughout the match was even though there were some missteps, because that wasn't the only misstep in the match, he was constantly reacting to it. Now you have commentating doing their job at an extremely high level because for them to actually pick up on that and then do everything in their power to make it seem like it was intentional, like it wasn't a spot that was planned that kind of went wrong, that is something that WWE does not do very much anymore. And it's so important to the commentating role and the match itself because they just as much as it is on wrestlers to tell a story, it's on commentary as well. And for commentary to just be there and to react just like Johnny did is just a beautiful, a beautiful thing. I think that WWE does that well. Like, to be honest, like, I think you can take that little pot shot if you want, but you're forgetting that Pat McAfee is there and he is one of the best at reacting to things on the fly. He is great at reacting, but I'm talking. I also about- could say about the same about Graves. I don't know. I have a lot of reserves about that raw booth. And I'll keep him to myself. Yeah. I, and I've hated Michael Cole for so fucking long. But when you find the perfect color guy for him, he then becomes enjoyable. I am saying it for the first time in my life, but I actually value Michael Cole as a commentator now because all of the pressure entirely for him to be the face of that booth 
is gone. He is just there to strictly do the play-by-play, which he is an expert at. Is is Michael Cole going to get your flowers tonight? Is that what's happening? Are you leaning into giving Michael Cole? Michael, <laughs> you'll have to wait to the end of the episode to find out. But who knows? It's a possibility. But no, it's, that is a funny like prank name to like call someone and be like, hey, it's Mike Hole. I, I really do hope people give this match a chance because, you know, there's going to be people who didn't get the chance to watch it live. I have who a declaration skip over about it. it. One more thing before we move on. I have a declaration. Do you know how I'm making this list of like working men wrestlers? Uh-huh. Samoa Joe. While already being one of my favorite wrestlers, so usually I will like push him out of this. God, he was sweating like a fucking hog in this. You know what he just did? Working man. He is a working man. He's here uh, with me, right in the right in the right in the garage. I really do hope people give this a chance, though, because Morrison, even though he did make mistakes, recovered so smoothly that it's worth giving him a second chance. You know he. I don't think this is the ceiling we have for him. I think I don't he has think a, a much, lot of much people higher are ceiling. like disrespecting John Morrison after that. I've though. seen people but are you're complaining. You're always going to find those complaining people on Twitter or wherever social media site you're on. Like I don't think he's gotten a lot of disrespect for this. In fact, I've seen a lot of people citing him as one of the better performers they know of, and that's what he is, and that's the respect he deserves. Can I ask you a question before we move on to your movie, though? Do you think we're going to get him? often or do you think this is going to be a situation where he does a spot here or does a spot there i don't and he's he doesn't become a regular i don't think it's a very likely thing that he comes often or even like a spot here a spot there i would say a spot maybe once every couple of years i don't think he's gonna be over here much because i have well I, if they're booking him into this which is the right way to book it right you can't have joe lose you know you got to book him in to keep the storyline going it was the right choice. But if they're going to book him like this, it doesn't show that they see the credibility that he should receive. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't get what he should have got out of this. And that's not a knock on Tony because you have a decision to make. Who can I choose where I can put these put Samoa Joe over? And the perfect person was Johnny. You know what I mean? But here we go. Like, you can't... There's no right way to book someone. Someone's always going to be upset. That leads me to another question then. Could we have possibly not put Samoa Joe up against the Joker and actually found ourselves using someone that might be coming down the line? I think Kyle O'Reilly is one of the better enhancement talents that they have. So I think this is the right decision. In my opinion. I, I have no issues with this. Well, no, all. I'm not so, talking about Kyle O'Reilly versus Joe. I'm talking about the Joe versus the Joker. In well, general. if you had to take... Somebody else, who are you going to choose? Are you going to put Adam Cole against the Joker? He has to win. You can't, you know, there's no other way. You're going to put Jeff Hardy against the Joker. The best way to put him out is against someone like Adam Cole. I think Jeff Hardy could have been a great choice, or we he could have not done the FTR. Up, he doesn't match up with Samoa Joe at all. Well, I see, if you don't do the FTR, you rob people of one of the best matches they've had this month. Why did we want to give that away on free TV? It was such a good match, right? No, because... And it's a built-in... So that's the beautiful... But that's the type of wrestler they are. They're guys that don't mind putting on classics on TV. They just want to wrestle classics. They don't care where it is. They're not Stone Cold. Stone Cold's the only person I've ever seen that's like... That has that mentality. That's like, oh, we're going to wrestle? Why, why would I wrestle you here? Uh, there's a lot more people with that mentality. However, 
I think we could have saved it, got a little bit more payoff, and then if you do really have Johnny Gargano and Candice coming into the company, you could have popped them. And I'm not saying I'm disappointed by any means. I'm really happy that Johnny Elite's Johnny Elite. I just don't know if he's actually Johnny Elite or if he's just popping in, saying hi, almost doing like a Matt Cordano run. I don't want to um, misspeak, but I would like to get your feelings on this because I was under the impression that you don't like Johnny Gargano. And I just want to be clear before he shows up because he is inevitably going to show up. Do you like him or do you not like him? Because it seems the way you were just talking about that you were excited for him to come to the company. And I don't think that you're a fan of his, right? There's a couple ways. Like, it's almost like an ogre, right? Or an onion. It has a couple layers. Are you doing Shrek right now? Uh, There's been too much Shrek in my life. (laughs) Uh, So he doesn't necessarily wrestle the style of wrestling I enjoy. So it's an onion thing? It is an onion thing. Not only can I acknowledge that he is undoubtedly one of the better wrestlers in the world currently, his gimmick really has never done it for me, and his style of wrestling hasn't done it for me. Hmm. That doesn't mean he can't come in and blow me away. I'm sure there could be a couple pairings in the company, and we got it in WWE from time to time where there was a few pairings that mesh with his style to give me the kind of match I could enjoy because you know me. There is parts of the high-flying style that I like. We we came s- to this conclusion when we were at Impact that I like X-Division style high-flying. And there's, Do you think that he's a high-flyer? He has a wrestling style that tends to lean towards a more high-flying uh, moveset, and it's just it doesn't work for me personally. But like I said, there are options for him to have matches I could be really excited about. All right. Like, put him against Brian? Let me, let me say got this. Me. Let me say this. Mr. Gargano, Will sometimes speaks out of his ass. Don't listen to him. You're an incredible human being, and your size has nothing to do with your style. You're a real G. When you come to AEW, there's going to be mobs of fans that worship your feet. I said nothing about size, but it is okay. Damn, I just called him short then? Fuck. You did. Now I'm in the honey hole. You know what? Let's get out of it, though. Talk about a movie. Everyone will forget about it. <laughs> so I watched uh, 12 Rounds 2 this week with Randy Orton. I have uh, in the past reviewed 12 Rounds 4 with Dean Ambrose, or was it 5? I think five. it was like 9. Nah, so think. here's the problem with WWE movies before you give your review. They're kind of like sci-fi movies, right? They'll come out with one major release, and then you're looking at like late... Plastid 19 versus the Seahawks or something like no, that. Bro, listen. So one and two, the Randy Orton one and the John Cena one are very, very similar plots. But, but the, five with Dean Ambrose is a whole different fucking movie. I can't understand why they didn't just call it lockdown because it's either locked in a police station. This is 12 rounds. The first one with John Cena was 12 rounds. They have to go through 12 rounds. Have you watched the original? Yeah. With John okay. Cena? Does not only the Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, 12 rounds, but even the Randy Orton 12 rounds have half the budget of the original 12 rounds. No, I, I would say this, the Randy Orton one's not far off. It's not too terrible. The, now, the one with Dean Ambrose? No fucking budget. No budget. So they did that in like one building. But it's like, 
This is not like a. I don't think that the one with Dean Ambrose needed to be a twelve rounds movie to be a critical success. You know, it was a different movie. So you think it's successful? Well, to me, I liked that movie. <laughs> I think I gave it a pretty positive review when we reviewed it, and this one was pretty good too. So the plot line is: a sadistic guy is basically taking out his will on a bunch of random people, but it turns out they're not random and they're all are connected to him in some way. So essentially he's putting Randy Orton, who's an ambulance driver through 12 rounds and it's, and he has his wife on camera and is basically saying, look, listen, I have access to your wife. I'm going to kill your wife. You're going to do what I say. So as the movie goes on, you start to figure out how everybody is connected to this one person. And you figure out that there really is no way out. You have to finish the 12 rounds and figure your way out or everything you love and everybody you love is going to die. Everything you love and everybody you know is going to die. So I really didn't hate this movie as much as I thought. I I can't really remember ever watching a Randy Orton movie before this. So I figured this has got to be terrible if he's only in two or three movies, you know. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I liked it better than the first one. The John Cena one. I liked Did you it. really? Yeah, I liked it better than that. Poor Johnny. He can't get no He's love. better at comedy. He should have never done any of those serious movies. He should have only done comedy his whole life. Well, if only he could go back in time. Yeah. If he could turn back time. You got a rating on this, though? Yeah, I'm going to give it a uh, 4 out of 10. Okay. Can I turn the tables? Because I actually kind of have a little bit of a snippet on a movie that I'm going to request that you watch. But it leads me to ask you a question first. I can't remember at this point because we are so far gone with this movie review situation we do every week. But have you watched the uh, the one Triple H movie where it's like the chaperone or something yeah, like hell that? Yeah, I've seen that. So have you reviewed Inside Out on this podcast? The cartoon? No, the Inside Out Triple H movie that came out like two months after the chaperone. I've never seen that. First and foremost, shout outs to Wrestling Bios on YouTube, the absolute fucking goat. But I watched a, a video that he did. He kind of does your thing now, but he does it in like a 25 minute situation instead of our like three minutes on a movie. And I watched about this movie called Inside Out, in which Triple H, just like in The Chaperone, gets out of jail and wants to change his life. Do you know how he wants to change his life, Taylor? Is he going to become a vampire? No, by selling pickles. Ugh, Jesus Christ. And it uh, it goes downhill from there. Oh, don't make I me watch this pickle No, movie. you're going to watch this the movie. This man has already reviewed it. You want me to follow in this guy's footsteps that stole my gimmick, Will? Well, to he stole my gimmick. He did Imagine steal I came out in blonde hair and a mustache. What would you think? And I said, brother, what would you think? <laughs> I would laugh. I'd get a good chuckle <laughs> out of not, it. That's not fair. He can't take my gimmick and make it longer. You want to know, you know if I just had a longer mustache and longer hair than Hulk Hogan, but it was the same thing. And I, instead of a yellow letters, it was just white letters. I think it's worth mentioning, too, that it has Parker Posey in it. The same bitch from Blade 3, the Triple H Why was in it? as well. God, dude. Why do all his movies suck? <laughs> Blade is phenomenal. <laughs> no, it's not. Shut your whore Blade mouth. Blade 3 is a dumpster fire in which no one wanted to be there. Not even Wesley Snipes. He hated it. He didn't even want to be on set. He had to get away and smoke joints the whole time to just survive it. This is great that we've actually managed to mention a Wesley Snipes film twice in this 
podcast. But no, no, no. I need to tell you something even better. The third character in Inside Out that you're going to kind of know, but I'm going to give you a horrible description of. He plays a very specific character, and my name is Earl. And it's the guy Crab who... Ori- no. The guy who originally... Ethan play? No. The guy who originally owned Earl's trailer. Do you know who I'm talking about? Dude, it has been... 14 years since I've thought of My Name is Earl, let alone watched it. Add another six years onto it. It's probably been 20 years since I've watched My Name is Earl. I am amazed that I just pulled Crab Man out of my head, first of all. I'm pretty sure I'm actually remembering his name, so I'm proud of myself, but I'm... How much if did I you remember watch correctly? My Name is Earl as a kid? Oh, I watched every episode. I'm still <laughs> waiting to find out what happened. This motherfucker watched the weirdest show all the way through. I adore it. I love Jason Lee. Fuck you. That much? You are, now you've made two Jason Lee uh, references on this podcast Technically, as well. no. I'll go even further. We've made three because we talked about Clerks 2 as well. Pickle Jeez, fucker. Jesus. And two pickle comments. This is a whole web. This is the multiverse of wrestling movies. Michael Rappaport. Oh, okay. Why is that his actual that? name? That's his name. You got it right. Because every time I see him, he's I think re-emerged. Of- he has new fame off of TikTok. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, he's very famous on TikTok, well, Michael Rappaport. Cheers to you, Michael Rappaport. And he had a re-emerging after the Barstool guys lit him on fire. Why did they light him on fire? So they got in this public debate about something stupid, and Dave Portnoy started calling him like herpy face or something because he had like a cold sore and they made shirts with michael rapaport's face on it with a with a cold sore on his lip fuck you portnoy some <laughs> of us get cold sores and we can't help it you know what i they were calling him herpy for weeks that's horrible <laughs> it really is Dave's he an ruins asshole. people Dave's an asshole <laughs> first jack's pizza now michael rapaport who does this man think he is he thinks he's a rich guy and he is he he's probably gonna fucking cancel us next yeah we're doomed if uh, he starts well, calling me a herpy i'm out of here well before we get canceled by barstool sports go ahead and buy some merch at pro wrestling tees.com slash jaded wrestling you can follow the big three on twitter at jaded wrestling at tots pod at year of pod we do a whole mess of podcasts. You have this right here, and you have our good friends Duke, Al, and Kevin putting out content revolving on Mondays, and they did such a good time. I also want to take a moment to shout out Ted from The Heel Truth. He's a great fucking guy. And yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and give our flowers this week, Taylor. I'm going to let you give your flowers first because everybody is waiting on my answers, and I don't want any drop-off on this fucking episode. I think that my uh, choice has probably received the flowers from me at least once, maybe twice. But this week, he's done it again. Kyle O'Reilly. Let me add him. The working man. You know what I mean? He should really get uh, taking care of business as his theme song. It's got to be. Like, he just comes into the ring, does his job, leaves. Do you think Con will license two different songs for that man? Why not? He's got all the money. You said it yourself. He's got an endless sack of money that never disappears. He could probably get BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive, to sponsor him. Taking care of business. It's all right. You know what I'm talking about? I'm so impressed with you today. You actually knew who made that song. Oh, I'm a right off the dome. I'm a uh, classic rock junkie. Do you have a seven inch of it? A seven inch? Uh, you know, a, a record? Oh no, I did not think that's what we were talking about. All right, all right. So no, no record inch. <laughs> no, I don't have a buck. I used to have that record actually. Ironically enough, 
But when I moved, I lost half my records and it stayed behind. Well, maybe I'll have to get you a new pressing of it. A Bachman Turner if I can Overdrive. Even fucking only, find like, it. You probably get it for like a buck at a record store. Yeah, nice old BTO. used copy of that bad boy. I don't boy. mind that. I don't mind a used copy. A little bit of wear. Oh, a little trust bit me. Of tear. It's going to be fucking used. Same way I like my wrestlers. A little bit of wear, a little bit of tear, sweating it up. You know how it is. So I wasn't originally going to give him my flowers, but you got me thinking. And I do think I'm going to actually give him to Michael Cole this yeah. week because he, I I don't Michael know Cole. if he intentionally Woo. did it. Now, I know he listens to our podcast each and every single week as this is almost uncut gems to him, you know? Uncut He's gems. constantly on the edge of his seat. You have to say it like that from now on. I want you to make sure that every time you say uncut gems, you don't say it regular. You know, Taylor, I'm going to take this opportunity to make you a promise. I'm never going to do that. Uncut gems. But yeah, no, he really has gone above and beyond to really make a change in the way he does commentary. I had for so many years this hatred for him in my heart. And I just, you know, couldn't let it go. And now here we are. And I am letting it go. What if I told you he didn't change at all? What if I told you he's the same Michael Cole he was last year and the year before and two years before that? You'd be wrong. Every year, he does the same thing. The only difference is... There's a new plant in the window that's right. bringing in sunlight. Can I, and it makes you see that he's just not that guy that you hate. Can I tell you why you're wrong? The voice of SmackDown. For so long, he had to carry the other person and put them on a pedestal and help them do their, their job and you know, be the face of that booth because he, just like JR and just like King, were kind of the faces and the voices of WWE, so right? So what I'm hearing is he did his job over and beyond and carried the other person for 15, 16 years. Not always, but yes. In, the, in recent memory. So by the time we got Corey Graves on a booth, and I'm not saying Corey Graves isn't great at what he does. He really is the highlight on the Raw booth for me. But all in all, I'm not super excited about that booth. I am super excited to talk about one more thing, and I didn't mean to talk about this, but I actually had it in my notes the other day. We got talking about Pat, though, and it got me to thinking. He really does bring this whole side of the sports world out that I have never expected to happen. Remember when we were talking about Charles a couple weeks ago and he was talking about all of his wrestling knowledge? So this motherfucker this week has Chris Collinsworth, basically one of the voices of football, on his podcast. Ugh. No, no, no. Get this. You know what I found out about Chris Collinsworth? That he used to wrestle? Kind of. Not only did he play on the Bengals with Brian Pillman when Brian Pillman was on the Cincinnati Bengals, but the relationship was actually so good that Brian Pillman asked Chris Collinsworth to be his manager for a wrestling event. So not only did they play together, but Chris Collinsworth was a wrestling manager for Brian Pillman at one point in his career. You know how I know that sucked? Why? Because this motherfucker can't hold a booth together. He's the boringest commentator in the world, ever. And you're going to tell me that he was a manager? The thing that has to have the most charisma behind it in the wrestling world? My ass. This motherfucker was like watching paint dry. He stinks. Who would want that skinny string bean looking motherfucker in their wrestling ring? You need to throw some respect on Hell my man's no. name. I do. That's the worst. That's the bottom of the barrel. If you take all the football announcers and throw them into a bucket, he's the last one I want. 
Okay, so I'll uh, take everybody. I'll we take must Booger McFarland. I'll take them all. Give me every single one of them. We must be on a different book or something then, or watching a different guy because Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels was my no, favorite booth. He's been the worst. Al Michaels. Now that's the person that carries his partner. Uh, Al Michaels is the voice. Most well, I guess, people, most people hate Joe Buck. I happen to really love Joe Buck. See, I'm on the other side of that coin. I so fucking hate Joe you, Buck because you don't know the person. That's the problem. People don't take the time to understand Joe Buck. They just see the picture in the window and look at it and say, eh, and move on. I could say the same thing about you and Chris Collinsworth. No, I know about Chris Collinsworth. Don't you worry. I know the What's dude. What's his claim to fame? I know the dude that every time he does a Lions game, he takes extra pleasure in shitting on us. I know that guy. Trust me. I know that guy. Okay, so your bias is coming. No, out. listen, it's not my bias. It's his bias. All He's right, that's what they all commentary. say. That's his job. His job is not to be biased whatsoever. He has one job, and you know what he doesn't do well? That job. He's a cock. Wow, you said the C word. <laughs> All right, guys, tell a friend to tell a friend, and you will have New Year of on Monday. Detroit Lions, the Super Bowl. Woo! Subscribe to our YouTube. We are putting out content a day after the actual releases on most platforms. Until next time. If you think the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl, tweet us. I'm sorry, Taylor. Sorry in advance. <laughs>